0: about why we need to leave the ego at the door. Mm -hmm. Carrie Lynn Hotson, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hi, great to be here
0: it is great to be with you. Uh, it, it's been a bit of a challenge to get together. We've been juggling schedules and snowstorms. Uh, <laughs> you're joining us from snowy Ontario area in south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And we both have experienced a whole lot of uh, severe weather um, recently, which has made it a little bit challenging, but it's great to be with you. Today, we're going to be talking about why we need to leave ego at the door when we are leading and when we're working with our teams and our organizations. And, you know, not having an ego when you're a leader is not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. So we're going to be exploring this together, and I'm excited for the conversation. As we get started, I wanted to share Carrie Lynn's bio with everybody. Carrie Lynn Hotson has utilized her 25 years of experience as an HR professional, senior manager, leader, facilitator in mediator to create a business guidebook for leaders called Knowing Who You Lead. She reveals important lessons, tools, and strategies that leaders and teams can use to understand why issues are occurring, engage, and retain great members so they can have great teams. She also shares how she can help you and your team to pivot and inspire organizational growth. Carrie Lynn, it's a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation?
1: Uh, no, you know, just that the the business is really giving me the opportunity to work with a lot of fantastic leaders and teams, and it's exciting to see that leaders are now willing to be vulnerable and actually look at who they are and how they lead and how it's actually impacting the people that they're trying to lead. So yeah, I've learned a lot of great things and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation today.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, let's start with ego. What, mm. what? What is ego? Why does it matter? What, why is it a problem uh, when we're trying to lead effectively in teams and, and, and really empower people and, and lead to organizational growth and success?
1: Well, if we want to borrow from Brene Brown, I mean, she would tell us that ego is that armor, right? And so it's the willingness to say, okay, I'll listen, number one. I want to hear how I impact other people. And then not getting stuck in defensive mode and thinking, yeah, but I intended this, but I was trying to do this. And this is, I get it. I'm sure you had great intentions, but ego is really about, can we put your intentions aside and learn about how it's impacting the people you're trying to lead? Maybe you're not meeting their needs. Maybe the way that you're doing it is actually making them feel less confident, less um, confident, and so, really, that's what you need to hear, and then pivot, adjust, and figure out how to do that.
0: Yeah, and that's hard for people <laughs> to to have that level of self awareness and self reflection. Um, you know, especially for leaders who are you know far along in their career, they've had a lot of experiences, they've had a lot of successes, uh, they've been elevated, they've been promoted. You know, they're there for a reason. They're smart. They're capable. Uh, they're talented. They probably. Been successful in the past with teams, you know. And, but the problem is just because you've had success in the past doesn't mean you're going to necessarily have the same successes in the future, especially when you're thrown into a new context with a new team, because every situation is unique and different. And you have to be, you know, have the intellectual humility to approach each of those situations anew and have you know, the, the humility to be able to check your ego at the door and to have practice that critical self-reflection. So you can recognize if what you're doing isn't working, it isn't resonating. And rather than just blaming your people, which is commonly what happens, um, you know, take stock and and step back and, and realize, Hey, maybe something I'm doing, that might've been great and might've worked in a previous context, isn't working so well. Now, maybe that's not just my people. Maybe that's me. Maybe I need to be doing something differently. Um, when, when I work with a leader, who's like that, it's a whole different ball game than when I'm working with a leader who comes in guns a blazing you know, they, they are very smart. They know it. Um, and they kind of just expect people to fall in line because they know best that's a very different game. It's a very different kind of atmosphere to work in. And frankly, most people don't like working in that kind of an atmosphere, right?
1: Well, and there's your reality, right? And this is why um, a lot of teams and leaders are now coming to me. They're recognizing that to be honest, we haven't really put a lot of thought to this. We haven't put up, put a lot of thought to how we're leading or how it's impacting other people. But the reality is it's all about employee retention now. And so we realize that if I don't do some work on this and put my ego at the door and listen and learn, people are not staying. Um, and so very much, it's about how do we change things? How do we change our approach to help employees feel? And I I have an acronym, I say it's VISH. Um, so this is what employees want in 2023. They want VISH. They want to feel that they're valued. I want to, I want to know that... I'm inspired to try, to be innovative, all these things you have in your values, right? I love that. I'll ask companies, what's your company values? Oh, we're innovative and we're collaborative and we're respectful and we're trustworthy and inclusive. And then I say, okay, so how do you do that? How do you prove that to me as a new employee? What do you do in your leadership that exudes that? It's never to shame. It's never to blame. It's just to teach. And I love having those aha moments with leaders. And then, so the S is for support. I want to feel supported, which means you have to get to know who I am and figure out what my needs are. And then I want to feel heard. Please don't tell me you're a collaborative and inclusive organization. And then, like you said, you just gave us the example of the leader who dictates or is authoritative and tells you and expects you to lead. That's odd because that's not the company I thought that I was coming into, That's not what I read about on your, on your website. That's not who you profess to be. So I don't really want to stay. And so that really has sparked those conversations about, hmm, I wonder who we are and how we want to lead and what do we need to change?
0: Yeah. And it's not just about people leaving either. I mean, that's a problem. Um, I I was reading a report a week or two ago. uh, I think it was from the U S department of labor, something like, one-third of the U.S labor force changed jobs last year <laughs> yeah you know some 50 60 million people changed jobs last year that is a huge amount of transition um for any economy and uh, there always should be some level of transition that's healthy but that's a really high level and mm-hmm. so organizations are struggling to keep their good people but it's not even just about whether or not people choose to leave but it's withdrawal cognitions and quiet quitting it's it's people yeah. it's the effort people are putting into their work it's the commitment and loyalty that employees have to their teams and to their to their uh, employer You know, someone may decide. Well, I don't. I, I like the company overall. I like the job overall, but I'm not being treated well. Um, I kind of have a jerk boss. Uh, they're not really fully utilizing me, uh-huh. and and they're not really paying me as much as I think I'm worth but, but I'll stay. I'm just going to recalibrate my effort. I'm just going to recalibrate what I do so that I have time to do a side hustle or to, you know, to do something else that is going to be meaningful to me. And a lot of people are doing that. Um, they're staying at their current job, but they're starting that side hustle. They're doing something else to find that passion and to, to, um, to be able to be enlivened in the work that they do. I mean, that's a tragedy for organizations. It's a huge missed opportunity. Uh, and and a lot of it comes down to just how are they treated? Um, a company can be pretty toxic and sick in its culture, but if you have a really great boss in your team, you can be pretty insulated from it. You know, you could have an overall kind of, crummy organization, but your team could be awesome. And guess what? That leader and that team, they're going to accomplish some good stuff. And you're not going to have a huge retention problem in your team if you create that environment within your sphere of influence. Um, But the opposite is also true. It could be an amazing organization, the type of organization everyone would want to go work for, but your particular team sucks. It's Mm -hmm. a toxic environment. Nobody wants to be there or working with you and and you can't keep people and you can't attract good people. Um, And so both. Both are true. Both can happen. And it just is a reminder that leaders, uh, line leaders, you know, supervisors all the way up through uh, the various levels of managerial leadership roles uh, in organizations, they play a really huge part in creating that environment that is going to either set people up for success or set them up for failure. And that's going to influence things like quiet quitting, uh, things like uh, turnover intentions and you know all that that sort of stuff that's gonna cost the company uh in major major ways and, and so much of it just comes back to the ego um because I, you know I don't expect my boss whatever organization I'm working with I don't expect my boss to be perfect I don't expect uh him or her to always make you know decisions that are in line with what I think I don't expect them to to uh to have a, a perfect strategic vision that always aligns directly with what's happening in the world. Like things happen and things aren't perfect and things are messy and people get it. Um, they don't expect that. What they, what I do expect though, is I expect a boss, uh, a leader who's humble enough to seek input openly, you know, be transparent and and open in com- your communication, seek input from other people, um, Openly share your decision-making process and why you're coming to the decisions that you're making, um, share your why, all those sorts of things. And then if a problem happens, if a misstep occurs, to own it and say, "Mm, that didn't work. (laughs) That didn't work the way I intended. And to own it rather than what often happens when people have a big ego, they, they just can't. They can't take responsibility for it. They can't own it. And they start to blame shift and they start to look for other people to pin it on, uh, scapegoats or whatever, so that they can maintain this facade of you know their power and their control and their expertise. And And people aren't stupid. People on your team know when you're gaslighting them. People on your team know when you're throwing them under the bus. And that's going to erode trust. It's going to erode your ability to be effective as a leader moving forward. Um, yet that is the problem that we see over and over and over again in so many organizations and so many teams, even when people listening to this say, yeah, that's, that's terrible. We don't want to do that yet. We fall into the trap over and over and over again.
1: So that's, and that's a great segue to a lot of the work that I'm doing. I do a lot of one-on-one leadership coaching, and I think sometimes it comes down to assumptions and presumptions. People assume you have a really big ego. People assume you don't want to listen. And when I'm actually working with these leaders, I can pick up very quickly on, no, you know what? They do want to hear you. They just don't have the skills. They don't know how. I think I'm being collaborative. I asked them what they thought. They didn't tell me anything. So then it's, I need to take them back and say, okay, I wonder what that looks like for your employee. And sometimes like, we'll play it out. I'll do like little scenarios with them okay, picture your employee walking in and they look at you and you give them this, you know, kind of begrudging look that you're bothering them. And well, they're not going to share. Well, really? But I told them to share. Yeah, no, because your body language said something else. Or in the meeting, it's you're asking for input, but you asked for two seconds and then you spoke for 45. So were you really collaborating? And it's, we can have a lot of fun. You know, I, I can get beyond those egos. We can crack that pretty quick because the leaders themselves, all they want to do is feel valued, inspired, supported, and heard. It's the same thing. So when I sit with you as a coach and I hear you and I'm here to support you, and then we start to see where you get value because people are kind of excited about it, guess what? Now you're inspired to try something else. Oh, I'm going to try that with this employee this week. And then they go and try it. And then we then we talk it through. I'm, I'm really happy to see organizations are finally saying, we can't keep telling people what we expect them to do and then give them no tools to do it with. It's not fair. Here, read this book and become a better leader. How? I, I don't know what to do. When I try it with real humans, it didn't work. That's because we got to figure out who you are and then who they are and then who you are as a team. And work through all those processes. That's how this really works. And then then we'll inspire organizational change and retain employees and all that stuff. But we got to do this first. But it, it's fun. And I'm happy to see people are finally trying it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, you really do make a good point. It has less to do with... Um you know, the intentions and it's just Mm. the perceived reality. And it it doesn't have to be the actual reality. It just, it's the perceptions do rule though, when we're talking about trust, when we're talking about um, communication and mutual accountability and those sorts of things, it really does matter. I'm a believer that most people are well-intentioned individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people don't wake up in the morning, you know thinking ha 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 how am i going to <laughs> you know exploit my workers today um right. you know th- that's not something that i think runs through most people's minds they want to do right by their people they want to be successful uh etc but they don't lack you know, they lack the tools they don't have necessarily the competencies to be successful in this particular context they find themselves in sometimes they lack the self-awareness to know you know mm-hmm. what they're doing and how that's impacting the people they're interacting with mm-hmm. um there are some people that are truly toxic that you know are you know, and we we all have examples. One hundred
1: percent,
0: there are those people, but most people I think are really trying, but mm-hmm. they they don't know how, uh, and and that's where um you know a lot of the work that you do comes in. And uh, there's lots of people that do this work to help people be more successful. Yes. I'm thinking of one particular leader. Again, I think intentions mm-hmm. were really good, but my yep. goodness, kind of the lack of of emotional intelligence and just being able to read the room and 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 the, the one experience that I'm thinking of, you know, it's kind of this, this, um, executive meeting, you know, all the, all the leaders, uh, all the senior leaders in this room. And there's this this really challenging issue that they're facing and, and, you know, the, the meetings called to be able to kind of tackle this and work through it. Now, a couple of things are happening as this meeting, um, uh, starts one, this isn't starting fresh. Like there's a track record so there's a history all these people have been working together for a long time so everything that has happened up to this point is informing what their what all these leaders perceptions are of this current situation so that's one two yeah. you get into the situation itself and you have a well-intentioned leader who wants the input of their people um but you know in this situation he sits down and he he frames up the problem and he says i really need to, to get your input. I really want to know, you know, what you think is the best thing to do. Um, but let me start by telling you what I think the best thing to do is. <laughs> <Exactly. 100%. laughs> and so, and then he commences to take 20 minutes to explain it. And then uh, immediately he asks for input and a couple brave souls speak up and they say, well, I'm, I'm concerned about this. And he right. immediately shuts them down, you know, yeah. immediately. Um, well, and then after that, of course, the whole room is silent. Nobody's going to speak up. Nobody's going to yep. say anything. And the intention, while well, a good intention was not uh, implemented, you know, it was not, uh, facilitated well, and it, it completely shut everything down. And ultimately, you know, it, it was not a great decision, not a great approach. Didn't have the buy-in of the people, like all those other problems that come from it, all because this person just didn't know how to do it. Um, despite whatever their good intentions were, and it comes back to what you were describing earlier. Um, yeah. and, and those are the types of things that if, if we're self-aware enough, um, then we can get coaching. We can, we can, go through uh, training and educational programs. We can um, get mentors and advisors and we can tr- practice things and we can self-reflect and journal and do different things to help us improve over time. It is possible. I do believe that everyone has potential to improve their leadership ca- leadership capabilities, but it's, it's not easy, uh, especially if you're deprogramming a whole lifetime worth of, you know, toxic or unhealthy or just, you know, un- Unhelpful and unsuccessful kinds of behaviors.
1: So as a mediator um, and coming from HR, um, so one of the things I'm really doing um, to encourage organizations, so your your scenario, perfect scenario, right? So we have this meeting, it didn't go well, that leader, doesn't really know why it didn't land well they might be conscious of it nobody talked but they don't know why so then what we do as an organization is we say so um john i just want to give you a little bit of feedback um you know people are finding that potentially you're not very approachable or that you're not open to ideas but i don't i'm not going to give you the for instance i'm not going to give you the time and date that it happened because i'm worried like i don't want you retaliating But the problem is you have no idea what I'm talking about because you didn't have that awareness that in that particular meeting, it didn't work. So you have no way to frame it and you don't have any way to fix it. So the best thing organizations can do is that when we have that meeting and that goes that way, or we know that this is becoming a pattern, for example, have that person then work with somebody who can help them develop the strategies, the awareness, but give them the real example so we know what we're working with. And then we can actually move from there and they can go back and give feedback. They can try new scenarios in the next meeting and ask John, was that better? So I tried this instead. Did that work? And you'd be like, well, yeah, you know what? I love that you asked an open-ended question. It was good. But then I saw like halfway through the meeting, you started default. You kind of got frustrated with what people were saying and we went back to the old pattern of you telling us, oh, I didn't, you know, you're right. I didn't realize that I did that. Okay, can we have a signal like, can you let me know when I start to do that in a meeting? But do you see how much healthier this is, right? Because now John is inspired. He feels like, A, he's being supported and heard. And I want to help this leader. I want him to grow. I appreciate the fact that he actually wants to grow. And we're giving them the tools to actually use. Because if we don't, you said it, the organizational culture, it just historically it goes on and on and on. Now we come into the meeting. I'm already, I've already got this figured out. I know exactly what's going to happen. That guy's going to talk for 25 minutes. Nobody's going to say anything. Like, why am I even here? I'm on my phone. I, right. I'm, I'm not invested. I don't feel inspired. I know I'm not going to be heard. So I'm not even going to talk up because I didn't last three meetings and got shut down. Guess what? No organizational growth, no innovation, no collaboration, So not only are we not filling our values, we're not growing as an organization. So I think there's a lot we can do and I think we need to do it individually. I love, I like starting like with the leadership training, let's, you know, introduce the concepts and you know the people that only need a little bit. And then who needs a little bit more? Maybe because you're brand new and you have no idea how to do this or you've been doing this for 20 years and you're frustrated, you're tired, you're maxed out, it's not working. Or maybe it's the employee that you've been struggling with that you just cannot figure out what to do. Like they're great at their job, but they can't lead anybody. Nobody likes, nobody wants to work for them. They don't want to transfer off their team. Okay. No problem. Let's figure out why. And then let's figure out how to help them. I think there's tons that can be done. We just have to invest in people.
0: Yeah. And per, yeah, you talked about it earlier, but yeah investing in people and recognizing you need to support people especially at the lower levels the lower yeah. rungs of leadership yeah. that transition from subject matter expertise in whatever job function you're doing to now leading people who do who have the subject matter expertise that's a hard transition for a lot of people uh frankly most people aren't prepared uh, for that transition yeah. they have yeah. no experience in leading teams and so if you're promoting someone because they were super successful in a previous, role, uh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be successful in this new role. You have to support them. You have to invest in them. You have to help them to develop those new competencies for this new role. And if you don't, you're setting them up for failure. You're setting the team up for failure and you're thwarting the potential growth of the organization. Uh, And so, so yeah, let's, let's recommit to focusing on investing in our people Mm -hmm. um, and helping them to recognize uh, you know, part of it is again, it, it comes back to just societal norms and what people think a leader looks like. And so now they're behaving, they don't know how to lead. They've never been in a leadership position before. They just know how they've been led before. And so they're trying to mimic what they've seen other people do or what they've seen in movies or whatever. And a lot of times those things aren't particularly healthy and they don't know any different. Like they don't have, they, they, you can't draw from an empty well like you just don't even know and so you just perpetuate a lot of things that aren't going to be helpful um and 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 one of those kind of leader stereotypes that often gets perpetuated in media uh or that we've seen in kind of the old school approaches to leadership is this ego driven like set yourself, you know, it's this faux confidence, like com- you, you need to sh- be, you need to be the the person that's in control. You need to show people that, you know, what you're doing, you have, you know, and just all of that. And, and frankly, a lot of people do that, not because they're super ego driven people, but because they think that's what they're supposed to do to be successful. Uh, and so we need to help people recognize that that's not the best way. It's actually probably going to erode their ability to be successful. Um, and there's another way, and you have permission to go the other direction.
1: Yeah, and to ask for help—that's the other yeah. piece, right? It's it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say I'm really good at this job, but this is tough. This is I'm struggling mm-hmm. with this, and I'd rather, as an organization, have you ask for help and we offer it than have you step down or frustrate that team. Or go into that authoritative leadership style because you don't know what else to do. So, um, and we, but as an organizational culture, we have to make it okay to ask for help. We have to not judge when people want help. And then we have to offer it on a very proactive level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Carrie Lynn, this has just been a really fun conversation. I know at the time I'm going to need to let you go here in a few minutes, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah. So my business is called Inspiring Organizational Growth, and the book that I've written is called Knowing Who You Lead, and the book is designed to help you literally leaders give you those Step-by-step instructions, those strategies here, try this, go back and do this, try this feedback. Um, It's got a workbook that goes with it because I I really believe in trying to inspire leaders and give them tools. That's what you need. Um, And so, yeah, I would love for you to reach out. I think all leaders have potential. Um, I think it's fantastic that people want to aspire to that level. So just ask for the help if you need it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Carrie Lynn. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Carrie Lynn can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level